Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rod! What's happening, dude? I tell you what, we're back, we're back, we're back, and we're talking resto mods. Resto mods. I love talking about resto mods. Well, I'll tell you the cool thing about the resto mods. I mean, you know, like I said, you can have your cake and you can eat it, too. I mean, this is probably the best all-around car to build today. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So we were talking about resto mods and what makes a resto mod. Well, like I said, it's like a marriage between this old school body and this new school technology. And you build this car that, I mean, it has all the looks and the character of an older car. But the reliability of a new Camaro or a new Challenger or anything like that or a new Mustang. I mean, all these suspension, big brakes. But these, what we're talking about is what? Making a resto mod. I mean, like I said, you were talking earlier about the LT1s and the TPI motors. Right. The GM came out with, of course, the TPIs came out in 1985, and you started seeing a lot of that. And that was like the sign of things to come. And you got a lot of people still running to this day that C4 Corvette suspension from those Corvettes. And of course, the LT1 came out and revolutionized it. I mean, from way back. I mean, the LT1 was the predecessor to, of course, the almighty LS1 to hear Odd Rod tell it. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's a very, 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 very big thing. And, I mean, like I said, fuel injection. I mean, we've got 58 Corvettes that are getting 30 miles to the gallon that have 500 horsepower. And, I mean, these cars handle. I mean, you can autocross them, drive it to the grocery store, and then show it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like my wagon. You just put an LS in there and you upgrade it. And I do. I autocross it. I take it out and all kinds of in stuff. In every sense of the word, I guess it is a resto mod. Yes. It is, it Finally, is. a compliment to my wagon. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel so wrong. <laughs> it is a classic. It is. And it has have late model parts or late model performance parts in it and newer technology in a station wagon <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> But, but, yes, it is. And, I mean, the thing you got to think about is the, the things, the parts that make a resto mod. I mean, you got to think. I think one of the things that made the resto mod so popular is there was a big shift. You know, back when I first got into the car hobby, when I was a little hot rodder running around, I got broke into street rods. And, I mean, you're talking about that was your 30s, your 40s cars, going to these NSRA and good guy events and things like that. And those cars were so popular. But you know what? They're small, you know, little carburetor small block. They, they always ran hot, things like that. Well, the next thing you know, the muscle cars got very popular. And a lot of your 50s cars, your 5, 6, seven shoebox Chevys yeah and it's these cars because you can actually drive them and you can enjoy those cars and I think that was the stem for resto mods so Smitty just come over here and handed me his phone and we got a uh, Honda Civic with a LS motor on a twin turbo does that count as a resto mod no 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 a resto mod is a restored it's rear-wheel drive now it's still not a resto mod. That that's a rod. That's a hot rod. That's a hot rod. Yes. I was okay. All right. Here's Smitty. All right. It's like, bring it in. All right. All right. 
But this is the thing that's cool about a resto mod. I mean, so you can build whatever you want. I mean, and the thing is, it's not just GM power plants. I mean, LSs are extremely popular, but it's no more belly button business with small block Chevrolets no more. I mean, you start to see those Coyote 5.0 motors. They're making their ways in the hot runs. Now you're seeing the 5.7s and the 6.4 Hemis coming in. I mean, I actually seen the other day somebody had a Hellcat drive train. Well, it's uh, can you remember back when we went to the Hendrick show last year? Um, they had the... Uh, what was it? The old Super B with the new Charger? Yeah. Made well, it to, I well, mean, totally well, made it a together. Perfect example of a resto mod. And of course, my dad would cut back flips right now if he's seen it. But, you know, being a big C2 Vet fan, but you got Rick Hendricks' actual C2 Vet. It's the very first Corvette I've ever bought. It was a 1963 Corvette convertible. He sold that car when he bought City Chevrolet. Well, he was going to buy it back. And he did a few years later, but the car had been rear ended and it had some frame damage. Well, it knew it would never be a perfect all-original classic, right. so they built a resto mod out of it. Right. And it's a great car. You can drive it. It's got air conditioning. It's got bigger brakes. I mean, it's twice the car it ever was in 1963. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's a work of art. And that's the car, actually, if you ever get the pleasure of going to Hendrick's Performance Center and you go in where they have the meeting room, the original frame, engine, drivetrain, all that is actually what holds the table up. i tell you what's crazy about it. The 1963 Corsa Corvette didn't have four-wheel disc brakes. It still had drum brakes on right. it in 1963. But their coffee, their conference table is a disc brake, and they converted it to disc brakes. Yeah. It blows my mind. It's amazing what they do. But, I mean, and that's what makes these things so popular and even valuable. Well, I mean, they're extremely valuable because they're so popular because you can actually use them. You can drive them. And I would say, yeah, I would say it's safe to say that um, Pro Touring and Resto Mod run pretty hand-in-hand. Hand. A lot hand-in-hand. Hand. You, you see them interchange and crisscross with each other. Um, Pro Touring's a little extreme Resto Mod. Right, right, right. Um, a lot of these cars are not so driver friendly because it's so pro touring. Right. I mean, you don't see a lot of resto mods with roll cages in them <laughs> and things like that. But they do stem off from each other. I guess it's a branch off the resto mod tree. Right. Well, you know, and it's cool because you take someone like Detroit Speed, and they He's do revolutionize all of this stuff. You know, they have, and you take them. And they're actually making these old Camaros and old Novas and Vets and even Mustangs now and even some Dodges. And they're actually making them way more valuable than they ever I mean, were. these A bodies, B bodies, G body cars. I mean, they're building some great suspicious stuff. Like right now, the Detroit, Detroit Speed, they've got that 65. It's a actually true Malibu. It's not even a Malibu SS. I mean, it's just a middle-of-the-road car. And, of course, it's LS-powered and all the trick suspension. And I've seen some pictures of this thing going sideways going down the road. And what's funny about this car is I've actually been up to their shop and seen the car. It's unrestored. Yeah, it's just, just a basically a barn-fine car, but it has all new suspension under it. I mean, it's it's insane to build on this car. And that's a true definition of what a resto mod is. Some, now, that one does venture a little more toward pro-touring. That's but, much more of a pro touring car. But still, that's that, that's the idea of it. It's a car that you can get in and drive and enjoy and not worry about. You know, it's I wouldn't get in your 65 Malibu and drive it across country just because overheating issues and things like that. Not saying it couldn't do it. I don't think it would be an overheating issue with that car. Another thing you have to think about, too, is, though, when you're running like a four-speed transmission. 
right. which is virtually unheard of now. Everybody's got five-speed automatics. And even the four-speeds with overdrives and the automatics, they're better than a four-speed manual transmission. And then you're running a 410 gear. That's not a highway-friendly car. No, that thing's going to be screaming and throwing out some RPMs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's and just not made to do that. <laughs> after a 3,000-mile trip across country, probably throwing some rods. Yeah, I ain't going to be throwing rods, but it definitely ain't doing it any good. That's for sure. But, I mean, and that's where Resto Mod comes in because you can take these cars and you can drive them across country. You know, you can take your 68 Camaro, get in it, fire it up, turn on your air condition, and drive across country with the zero worries other than maybe a flat tire. Well, another cool thing about these cars, too, let's say you have a problem going down there. they got a check engine light. You can actually scan them with an OBD2 scanner just like you would scan anything. Oh, yeah. So that's really neat. I mean, I've actually heard stories about guys going to Chevrolet dealerships when they had car trouble with these cars. Because you got to think about the people that are buying these cars. They're not your normal hot rod guys. These are business-type guys that are buying these cars. And you can look at the auctions, Meekum, Bear Jackson, and so on. These cars are bringing great money, big money. Well, I, I don't want you guys to get tired of hearing about my wagon, but you take it, for example. It's got a check engine light on it, and but it's got computer. Yeah, but it always has a check engine light on unless I heard. Thanks. That hurt. That hurt my soul. But no, I seriously. have to. I, I complimented it, so that's like equal to like ten insults. <laughs> but no, uh, it's got a uh, computer. I have a 04 GTO, and so we just follow the same course of that. You hook it up; it's a 04 GTO on the computer, and you just follow it that way. And that's what a lot of people do. They borrow a computer out of a truck or something like that. So it's like an elephant that thinks it's a tiger. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But but it's very neat. Now, though, come on, man. I mean, the car ain't that big, though. It ain't that No, compared big. to the Titanic, no, it's not that big. <laughs> if that car was one foot longer, you would need a CDL to drive it. <laughs> Thanks, but, guys. But another cool thing about the Resto Mods is, of course, the big brakes. You know, we talked about the, you know, the creature comes. Ooh, they put ooh, killer something I have. Yes, you do have bigger brakes on your car, <laughs> although really till here in the last day, it hasn't really been necessary. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's hard to stop something that don't roll. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That was insult number two. Ah, ah, ah. Can we get all ten in today? I think we can do it. We, we got, got what, about we got 40 minutes. I think yeah. we can handle it. So anyway, but this is a cool thing did, about it. Did he just works. try to do a burnout in the truck? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Right in front of us here. Yeah. That did was, did he just do a five-three burnout? Oh, oh, he tried to do it again. He tried to do it again. That's 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 crazy. That's but anyway, but the cool thing about it is the big brakes. I mean, these cars have got safety features. I mean, you got the Brembo's on there now, and of course your Willwoods, and then you got the bear brakes like the Mustang shop was doing the other day. That's a uh, See, my thing is is uh, taking a car and putting bigger factory brakes on it. Right. Uh, that's just what I enjoy doing. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You don't necessarily have to go to these name brands. I mean, of course, a Corvette C6, they got 13-inch brakes on from the factory. Exactly. Well, I mean, think about back when we were talking about the uh, Precious Metal Show and we were talking about the uh, Z16 uh, Malibu. Right. Um, that car borrowed a Impala set up on the brakes because they're bigger brakes. Right. And... I think that's just if you can do that and you can go to the factory and use something, um, you well, know, you can save a lot of money. Too. Well, you can save a lot of money and then you can just go right down to Advance Auto and pick up your brakes or whatever the case might be. Exactly. Well, and I mean, another big thing with these cars, though, is you got the brakes, but you got these suspensions. And we talked a little bit about this earlier about with Detroit Speed. Detroit Speed's got, I mean, sway bars, tubular control arms, you know, tubular rear control arms. You know, the A-arms, the whole shooting match. I mean, they have so many suspension pieces. But, you uh, know, they're not the only guys in the game by no means. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. There's there's tons. We could talk for an hour on just the different brands. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had a car run an I-Box before. 
Uh, my wagon currently has Beltex on it, Hotchkiss stuff, Global West. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands. You got, uh, what's the company right here up the road? Starts with an M. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, uh, Metco? Yes. Met- Metco. They're right here. They build suspension parts right here in the upstate. Well, I mean, there's a lot of vendors for these things. And I'm going to tell you something. It's just like anything else. You ever come out with a product that's popular, they'll be popping them out overseas too next. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So you've got a low-cost alternative to it. Yeah. I mean, well, that goes back to what we talked about a million times over at SEMA. You see this. You bring out a new product. If it, if it hits, <laughs> they're going to be making them. Yep. I mean, you see people there just scoping it out because you know next year they're going to be producing the same thing at a much cheaper rate. It's crazy, actually. But, I mean, these builds – they're timeless. Rest of mods, I mean, LS, you know, with the throttle body, Coyotes with the throttle bodies. There's all kinds of different throttle bodies. There's so many parts makers out there now for these things. Well, another cool thing is with the throttle bodies, we're going to touch base on this here in a little bit. Yeah, we'll touch base on throttle bodies. we got to pay some bills around here. Yeah, they're going to cut us off if we don't. Well, we don't need that, guys. I tell you what, stick around. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour right here. On 106.3 WORD. All right, Rob Pitts, we are back, buddy. We are back live right here at Ruby Tuesdays on Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Man, I'll tell you what, the weather's nice. It's been holding out, and if you ain't out here, you're missing out. Oh, I want to tell you something. we got gorgeous cars, gorgeous weather. I mean, it's been a scorcher all week long, and I mean, it's absolutely beautiful today. You couldn't ask for better weather for this car show. No, as a matter of fact, I just learned of something. There's a birthday coming up. A birthday? A birthday. Uh, I think Tuesday would be the correct uh, day for a Miss Cameron who's turning 21. Is Miss Cameron here somewhere? She's driving a black with green stripe uh, Dodge Challenger. Somewhere back over there. I see the car. Well, happy birthday, Cameron. Happy birthday, Cameron. (laughs) I just heard her say thank you. (laughs) That's right. Oh, she's got red Chuck Taylors on. She can't be half bad. No. Anybody rocking red Chuck Taylors? Anybody rocking Chucks has got to be okay. Yeah, she's good people. That's good people. All right, so we're talking about these Resto Mods. Did you say Resto Mods? No, that's what I have. Bam! That's three. (laughs) I gave you that one. It still counts. All right, I gave you that That's one. right. You're a good sport, Rod. Right? You're a good sport. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about wheels and tires a little bit. Well, you got to keep in mind, you got these big old brakes. Guess what? Them 15 and 14-inch wheels ain't going to fit on your Resto Mod no more. So now you got to – and this is another. you got to put – the larger diameter wheels were all the rage. And you do not have to have big brakes, obviously, to run larger diameter wheels. But as a rule, it's a good idea to have them. Yeah, you've it's not a, bad. It, you've got a lot of rolling – mass right there so i mean you need some good stoppers on there and this is another way to get the full effect from all your suspension mods in your resto in your resto mod car that's right i mean like i'll go back to the wagon it's run 13 and a half rotors i cannot run anything smaller than an 18 inch wheel so i mean and that's a common thing so you know keep that in mind when you're upgrading your brakes you know if like rob just said if you're running like a 16 or 17 inch wheel you may not be able to uh rock them on your new brake setup. Well, as a rule, I mean, you're on a 13-inch rotor and you got the caliper on top of it. You have to run at least an 18-inch wheel. And now they even got bigger rotors and calipers and brakes now where you got to run a 20 just to clear them. Well, it's like the uh, new Corvettes. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the new Corvettes are like that. The wheels or the brakes on it are so big that the car comes with 20s because that's all that will clear. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. That's some serious stopping power from the factory on those cars. And then uh, another thing, when you're talking about resto mod, you're talking about making at least 600, 700 horsepower, and you're driving this thing around, you're whipping it around corners, you know, you're actually having fun with it, stopping on it hard. Cheap brakes or cheap wheels is not the way to go. No, no, no. High quality wheels are a very, very important thing. 
I mean, you gotta think about it. A lot of these wheels are cast wheels. They're or the cheaper wheels. And there's a lot of wheels that are priced great, that, that are quality. But there's a lot of them out there that are not so great, and they can be very dangerous, especially put in the wrong application. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you don't want to go to Walmart online and buy your wheels. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those wheels, but in that application, you know, you want to use someone that makes a three-piece wheel. Like, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about HRE. Well, HRE or something like that. I mean, of course, there's there's cheaper alternatives. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a Boss wheel. There's nothing wrong with a, with a Riddler wheel or anything like that. I mean, it's just all what you want to do with it. No, I think Would you and you? I have gave them plenty of money. Yeah, well, I've never owned a Riddler or a Boss wheel. Oh, but well, pardon me. But I'm just saying. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. They're fine. No, they're, I got the Boss 338s on my car. I mean, and you're they're, right. They're a great-looking wheel. They're and a great-looking great wheel. And like I said, Probably wouldn't be my number one for autocross, and I probably wouldn't run it day no. in, day out. Um, streetable, can't beat them. Right. And a great-looking wheel. Of course, classic five-spoke design, gray center. I mean, that's just. Where do you look, go wrong? I mean, a five-spoke wheel looks good on anything. Amen. Amen. Preach. Preach. Well, I mean, you know, or or we can just go to like you talked about and go with the uh, mob steel wheels, Detroit steel wheels. Everything looks good on mob steels. Everything looks good. And, of course, now they're actually making the steel solid wheels in aluminum. So now they're lighter. And those were phenomenal. I love those wheels. Everything looks better. I just want to get off tangent for a second. Get off subject here a little bit. I want to tell you something. Go online and go to Detroit (laughs) Steel. or Yeah, Detroit Steel. They have mob steel wheels. Now I want you to look. And every car they're on, I've never seen a car that didn't look better with mob steel wheels on it. Oh, it's great. Like this 1063 uh, Highlander behind us? Everything looks better. I you hammer this them, thing down and put her on some mob steels. I've seen them on a second gen, like the new front-wheel drive Volkswagen Beetle, and they were killer on it. I mean, they look good on everything. You take this Nissan, just pulled into the parking lot, this nice family car, hammer it down on mob steel wheels. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. This I thing mean, looked great. Are, but Give be, me a thumbs up. I know you heard it. That's right. But I will tell you something that's really cool. And they actually gave us a thumbs up. We're so cool. But I mean, but the thing that's really fun about it, though, is is the larger diameter wheels. And, I mean, you can actually fill up your fender wheels. And that gives these cars this aggressive stance. And then another thing you got with this now, too, is you got all the air ride suspension. You've got coilover suspension. Of course, you can run your traditional coils themselves still in there. But, I mean, this is the big thing about making a handling-performing car. I mean, you've got cars now that you can lower and adjust the ride height and not only just for at the show, but you can actually perform with these cars. I mean, you can go out and take it on the track. Well, you know, companies like uh, Ride Tech have really stepped up the game with air ride performance and allow these cars to handle like they've never been able to before. Well, originally when air ride suspension came out, it was an adjustable suspension. It was just made to lower your car down. Do you remember back in the day when they had air shocks and you'd see a little valve on the back bumper of your car? Well, yeah. You go pump it up and well, lift you get it. your Schrader valve and you <laughs> yeah. raise it up. And I mean, you, know, you usually you see those on a lot of El Caminos, yep. like LTD wagons, and things like that. And I mean, you know, that was back in the day, and that was like prehistoric air ride suspension, basically. <laughs> um, and now they've got you know all the trick A arms. But stuff. that was well, the start the of it, you know. But it was the start of it. I mean, basically, more or less, it works in the same principles. Um, you know, of course, now they got air tanks and using air bags, which are virtually the same style bags you see under 18-wheelers and 18-wheel trailers, motorhomes. I mean, they use them on all kinds of things. You know, it, it's crazy. The technology has been around forever, and, you know, it's always been there, like you said, with the semi-trucks, with trailers, different things like that. It's been here forever. We're just finally utilizing it in a great way. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. Somebody got the bright idea, and they adapted it to, to their car. Next thing you know, I mean... Every other car now has air ride suspension. Well, you know, a lot of things have done like that. It's like we talked about with the C4 Vets. You can answer this. What is the speedometer out of? Of C4 Corvette. This was actually, you know, the design for the digital dash in the C4 Corvette was a military design 
for the U.S. military. It was actually made for a tank originally. Now, how many times do you have a shoebox Ford drive by you when you're alive somewhere? Only at a hot rods and happy. And followed up by an A-Team Special C4 Corvette. I mean, we're just talking about C4s, and here comes one. I mean, we got face riding by right now in the C4 vet. And I'm I'll, ready. I love the shoebox Ford, and I don't know why he's leaving us right now. I'm ready for I'm Mr. so sad. I'm ready for Mr. T to come out anytime. Hey, <laughs> I pity the fool. <laughs> but I want to tell you something, though. I mean, that's the cool thing. These C4 Corvettes, they had a great suspension over those cars. They did. I mean, people are still using them today. I think we've talked about this before. You know, I got a buddy down in Georgia who's building an F100 right now. And he's got a C4 Corvette suspension under it. Extremely adaptable. They can be used for anything. And then, of course, you got, like, you're talking about your F100 guys. Like we were talking about the Mustang shop. He's running the Crown Vic suspensions. you got an F100 truck. One of the biggest problems with those trucks was the twin I-beam suspension. It's tough as nails, but I'm going to tell you something. It sits up so high, it'll give you a nosebleed. Oh, yeah. So if you want it to look cool, it's never going to work. But now they're doing Crown Vic front-end swaps on these things. I mean, it's almost a direct replacement for your 67 to 78 Ford trucks. How about a 58 standalone Chevy right there? I mean, it's, it's hard to beat a 58 Palette. I love those cars. I'm a Gelf on tangent on those cars. I love a standalone year car. You say that every time you say it. It's a 58 Impala. I mean, it's just a bad car. Well, it's a gorgeous 58 Impala. But speaking of that, we got to pay some bills. Maybe we can afford one one day. That's right. That's All right, guys. You've been listening to Rods and Happy Hour right here on 106.3 WORD. Guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? We're talking resto mods today here live at Ruby Tuesdays on Woodruff Road, Greenville, South Carolina. Four, count them. One, two, three, four lettuces. Four lettuces. We get, what, what are they again? I tell you what, if you keep turning those knobs over there, <laughs> I tell you what's going to be. What is it? What's going to be like black eye lettuce. <laughs> I tell you what, we had a great time. Got a great turnout. How about a 54 Chevrolet? two-door post Bel Air nicknamed Florence painted on the back with a continental kit and two pipes out the back you cannot beat it I know how to make it better lower it you're killing me that's a gorgeous 54 Chevrolet just <laughs> leave it alone that could be even better oh look at the uh, third brake light how that's about that very neat very 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 uh, neat. for those who can't see let me paint the picture uh, the Chevrolet emblem and the uh, back tire on the Continental kit lights up for a third brake light. That's very It's actually a 55 Chevrolet trunk emblem. Yeah. But it's got a red taillight lens in it. Very unique. Very custom. I like that. It's a very cool touch and very cool. I mean, I'll tell you something else. It's a big safety thing. You know, we're talking about resto mods. And safety is a big thing on these resto mods. You know, building a resto mod, to me, building the perfect. I'll tell you what. I'm going to build you the perfect resto you mod. The Rob's you, version of a perfect Why don't you build me the mod. Rob Pitts version of a perfect Resto mod. Well, if I was going to build a resto mod, let's say I'd probably start with a uh, probably start with a mid '60s muscle car, something that's real influential. Maybe started the whole muscle car game. Hmm. So, what, are you, what are you thinking? Maybe uh, what Chevelle? You know what? Let's do. All right. So we say we start with a really nice '65 Malibu SS. What color would you have it? Oh, mist blue. What about interior? I would probably go with an updated deluxe two-tone blue interior in it. You know, something really kind of up-to-date, some nice seats, things of that nature. You know, something, you know, maybe like a like a padded Recaro seat or something like that. But keep the old-school lines. Definitely run the old-school console. You know, the thing I think the problem with a lot of these resto mod cars is you can actually date that car. Uh, very quickly, yeah, you can. 
very quickly. You know, and I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you know, there's always going to be something bigger and badder coming out. And I'm all about building that timeless car. And, you know, carburetors are quickly becoming a thing of the past. I mean, I think carburetors, there will always be room in the hot rod world for them. But let's say if I'm building that car, I would probably go with, like, a Holly EFI setup versus an LS power plant um, for a couple of reasons. One, you're keeping that classic look. You know, you can run an air clean, a traditional style air cleaner on this car. You know, you can run a very clean setup, and it's not an LS. An LS looks nothing like a small block Chevrolet. Well, let me ask you this. So would you uh, not compromise and do a carburetor style LS1? You could do that, but then you put you hiding coil packs and things of that nature. I would probably build a traditional style small block and just keep it very clean, fuel injected, um, you know, running, like I said, that EFI setup. I think, personally, I would do that in my pro touring build. Um, yeah, uh, you know what? Those EFI setups, they've come a long way. I think they're really great. I think Fast makes one. You got Holly makes one. Well, I mean, they're self-learning. I mean, you basically hook up four wires, and these things are up and running. I mean, you got an O2 sensor and a coolant sensor, and, I mean, that's it. I mean, electric fuel pump, and you have a fuel-injected car. Exactly. You know, they're really, really a great, great thing, and for the money, you almost can't beat them. Oh, no. I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful way to go. And the thing is, you keep the old-school look but you totally gain all the reliability and, you know, performance and, and then just economy of fuel injection. Exactly. And I like that. Another thing is I would go with the bigger brakes. I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't go with anything bigger than a 13-inch rotor. I'll be honest with you, the Space Shuttle doesn't have rotors that big on it. You don't need brakes that big on your streetcar. No, I think a 13 13-inch ro- rotor, you know. Then, you know, you can run a tasteful big wheel on it. And, right. And, and things of that nature. And of course, you know, suspension-wise, I would definitely, definitely, on a muscle car, I would have to go Detroit Speed all the way. I'd have to go see the boys up in Concord and. Well, spend a lot of money there. I don't think there's any other way to go. I mean, you know, especially a build like that. It's a proven setup they have. Exactly. You know, on a build like that, I think without a shadow of a doubt, a suspension like that, they have proven it. It works. And, I mean, they have test track driven it. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, mean, these guys got started in racing. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. And they're bringing that technology into the hot rising street rod world. Another cool thing I would do is definitely upgrade the lighting. And this is something that a lot of people don't think about. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. You look at the 71 Cuda sitting here in front of us. You know, it's got your traditional glass headlights. That is a 7-inch round headlight. And they're great headlights. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. They've been around for years, years, and years, and years. But there's so much better alternatives to these headlights now. You can actually keep that classic look and run an LED headlight or run a HID headlight or something like that. I mean, these are, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, they're four times brighter than the old-style halogen bulbs. Well, you know, not only is that a great upgrade, but it's a safety thing. I mean, you well, get an older car. the LED taillights, too. You got to think, oh, old yeah. cars have small taillights, and you got this little 1157 light bulb and an <laughs> aluminum housing. I mean, you got to light a match to see if things are even burning. You're exactly right. I mean, you know, it, it comes down to a more of a safety issue with upgrading your lighting on these cars. I mean, it's like the 65 Malibu I have. It's, I mean, it's a more original car. But I even run LED taillights in the back of it and run, of course, the HID headlights in the front. That I have. It's got better headlights than my 2011 Silverado. Yeah. I mean, all right, so moving on, what would be some more things you do to your uh, perfect resto mod? I would put a really good sound system in it. I would want something really, really good, something tasteful. I wouldn't dare cut the dash. I'd run an original-style radio and just have it all hit. I mean, there's so many alternatives you have now with the automotive stuff. You know, with the, with the audio, you can run, you know, of course, you've got your speaker box or your control box. You can actually control from your phone. You actually mount your glove box. And it works through Bluetooth. I mean, it's phenomenal. Well, you know, that's the great thing about it is, you know, 
uh, you can hide, like you just said, hide your head unit inside the glove box and even uh, hook it up to where you have to turn on your original radio to send power to your new radio inside your dash just to maintain that all-original look. Exactly. And, I mean, the thing about it is the old-school radios and all that, you don't want to get away from that timeless look. Oh, I agree. I and, agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I mean, there's nothing worse. And, I mean, if I offend someone, I'm sorry, but there's nothing worse. You see this gorgeous car, and there's a big rectangle cut out in the dash with a JVC And you there. see it done a thousand times. And I hate to say it, but it's mostly a Chevy guys because they're like the old C10s like yours. Oh, man. You know, the way they were set up, they had that very small little hole for the head unit. Yeah, and just, then the well, two it was knobs. Just AM or AM, FM radio, and had the two knobs. Exactly. So, a lot of times you'll see the first thing someone does when they get those is just cut that square out. And, man, it, it kills me, too. It breaks my heart. And, I mean, I mean, there's a matter of fact, I mean, just for example, there's a guy in a truck club that put this real big, like, seven-inch flat screen in the dash. And I'm like. Oh, it looks good. Oh, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but ten years from now, is that still going to be cool? Yeah, I mean, I hope you save that piece of metal you cut out. Exactly. I mean, you're just, a good metal guy to put it back it in. Made, it just made me want to cry when he did that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I don't know. I guess if you're carrying the car to a whole new level. Uh, you know, like the 58, that green on green uh, Cameo Chevrolet we've seen that uh, actually put the 59 Chevrolet dash in it. Yes. Um, you know, a truck like that, you're carrying everything to a whole new level. You're not really leaving anything unturned. Everything about the truck was changed out and customized. I don't have a problem with that. But when you're doing a simple build on something and you just go to hack apart because you want to make something fit, that breaks my soul. Now, at the end of the day, it's what you want. Well, it's your car. That's the beauty Exactly. Of it. It's what you want. But keep in mind, in doing things like this, uh, you know, for a future potential buyer, you could be defacing the value of it. Well, you could be defacing the value. I'll tell you something else, too. That's, that's, that's when you're getting into the unreversible things you're doing to this car. Exactly. Um, you know, the thing I like about the Pro Touring thing is a lot of these bolt-on or bolt-on suspension parts and suspension mods, you know, you can take this stuff back and you can put that car back. Oh, yeah. I mean, to. You know, even doing crazy engine swaps, you know, most of the time, unless you've really had to do some welding and modification, you can really go right back to where you were. Exactly. Even if you own a welder and you had to do something crazy, you can go right back to where you were. Well, that's another reason I'd want to stay with a small block or small block, you know, format versus going with LS style where you had to change the mounts and all that stuff where you can put the more traditional style small block back in there. Well, now, you know, you say that, but a good thing with LS setup and, you know, it's becoming available with your Coyote and your Hemi setups as well is now they're making kits to be able to just bolt in and bolt in an LS motor, bolt in a Coyote motor. These kits are becoming more readily available because of the popularity of doing these swaps. Well, I mean, it's extremely popular, and I mean, you can look now. I mean, it's become the norm now. I mean, I see, I'll be honest with you, I've seen more Coyote motors in hot rods than I have in Mustangs. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. A guy said to me, you know, you keep using the LS motor, but um, it's kind of become the popular thing. Back in the day, it was a small block Chevrolet, and the reason is they're so cheap and readily available. Uh, you know, so they become... Uh, very user-friendly, if you will. Well, they get nicknamed the belly button motor. I mean, of course, exactly. the carburetor small block was the original belly button motor because it was just a go-to motor. Exactly. But I, I had a guy, and this has been several years back, which is kind of funny, is he said one day his kids is going to look back and think everything came with the LS motor. And that's about the truth because... It's getting like that in a lot of ways. And, I mean, I think the LS motor is a great power plant, just like I think the Coyote motor is a great power plant. And, of course, you know, your 5.764 Hemis. I mean, those are great engines. But... You know, sometimes 
I like looking at a good-looking 383 sitting in that charger, or I like a good-looking 440, or a good-looking, you know, 302 Ford, or 289 Ford, or a 351 Ford. These were all great engines. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, LS is not the answer. Or Cobra, or I mean, not Cobra, but uh, Coyote, Coyote, and and things like that are not the answer for everything. It's all in your application and what you're wanting to do with it. Well, you know, I'm the first one to. <laughs> I have no problem doing a swap on something or putting something in it where it don't belong. Can you swap bodies on it? <laughs> That's five. <laughs> Back to the wagon again. But you know, I'm the, I'm the first one to do a swap. But you know, there is a a breath of fresh air of opening a hood of a car and seeing what belongs in it actually still in it. Well, I mean, I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with an original car. I love looking at a gorgeous restored original car because it's just like a time capsule. Well, it's like Joe's uh, '71 Charger sitting there. You know, and you open the hood and you see the 440 sitting on it. I mean, it's such a gorgeous car, such a gorgeous setup, and it's just beautiful to look at. I mean, yeah, it'd be nothing for him to put a newer style Hemi in that car. But, I mean, it's a breath of fresh air to open up and see what belongs there. Well, why? Why would you want to do that? And plus, when you crank that thing up, that sound, oh, yeah. you don't recreate that. Yeah, it's, it's compared to none. I mean, that sound is just gorgeous. I mean, you can literally hear it drinking gas. I love it. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing about old cars. I have a drinking problem. That's right. <laughs> they get along well with me. She's a, she's a drinking, but at least she ain't a smoking. All right, so your perfect resto mod, you would build a 65 Malibu. Why? I don't know. I know. It's crazy. So uh, transmission, what would you do? Probably go with a six-speed in it. I, I, Just I add love, a couple gears. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm a manual transmission guy. I love, I love, love manual transmissions. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't think a hot rod's a hot rod unless it's got a manual transmission in it. I agree with you there. I see nothing wrong with that. Upgrading uh, upgrading the gearbox a little bit. Exactly. exactly. So would you stay Throwing with a few more cogs in there. <laughs> so would you stay with a uh, 410 gear that you already have? I would probably would with a six-speed transmission. I believe it would be very streetable with a six-speed. I mean, uh, you, you can know, really I'm... gear that, that high gear or low gear down. Even for, I mean, you would say you can really break that gear down. I mean, you still won't be turning no RPMs probably with that 14 gear and a six-speed gearbox. And I'll tell you something else I would do. And the thing is starting with that 65 Chevelle is with a 12-bolt rear end. It's already got one of the toughest rear ends GM ever made, period. Yep, I think it's time for us to go to a break. That's right. I'll tell you what, we got to pay some bills, guys. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WRD. Hi right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts, Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? We are, dude. Dude. Did we just have a full house moment? Yeah. So rude. So rude. Anyway, guys, I tell you what, we're talking about resto mods this week on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I built my perfect resto mod. Hot Rod, it's your turn to take the wheel. All right, I think I'm going to take Please the... don't be a station wagon. No, 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 no. I think I'm going to take everybody surprise. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's what, five or wagon. six now? On the I've lost count. All right, I think you're done for now. I think you're done. I'll put it up. All right. Um, for my uh, resto mod, I think I'm gonna build. I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears and I'm gonna go with the blue oval boys on this one. What? Oh yeah. Are I, you running a fever? I am. I saw a car at Carolina Motor Fest, the last one we had, and it's it's took my heart. How about a '56 Ford? Gorgeous car. Um, I'm thinking 56 Ford. I want to upgrade the two-tone on it a little bit. I want to go with a grabber blue and a, uh, like, pearl white uh, on the two-tone and file that into the interior. Keep a nice original look. Of course, you know, the Dookie Digital Gauges, Dakota Digital. Dakota Digital Gauges. Yep. Um, and keep them analog, though, but just that nice updated feel to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, under the hood, without a doubt, you know me. I can't leave well enough alone. I'd have to go with a Coyote. That would be a killer swap in a car like that. You know, I, I just – 
the Coyote. It's got, you know, it's a good wide motor. It'd fill up underneath that big hood. it just make it look full. And, you know, AN fittings everywhere, just nice, clean, look like a showroom floor up under that hood. I love it. And a big old supercharger. And a big old supercharger. Biggest one I can get. I'm telling you. I don't so know much about Ford Motors, but the biggest one they got, you know, big cams, all four of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. I want big and matching. You have a hard enough time with one cam. Could you imagine four? <laughs> I want, well, I want them all big and all matching. I think that's important. And no rags in them. No rags in none of them. You know, maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe one. I think you can afford it on one of those. I don't know. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm like you on one six-speed transmission following behind. I just – if you're going to have a car like that, you definitely, definitely need to have a – And I see, this is where I'm different because that's a bigger car. I believe I'd almost want an automatic in that. No, 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 no. See, I want a six-speed in the wagon. Killing me. <laughs> But, you know, I, that's of course, they used to put manual transmissions in school buses, too, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> that's like seven or something. We're getting there. <laughs> this is the only segment we got left, so you better hurry on that's the last right. three. Um, no, but I, I think a six-speed transmission in a car like that would just be absolutely fun. I would kind of follow the uh, the way that Aaron Kaufman built that Ford he built. You remember the one I'm talking about, the white one he did the uh, mountain yes. climb with? I'd kind of follow that. Newer style wheels on it. Um, something that goes well, but like a, you know, BBK-style looking wheel. You know, the mesh-style, 10-spoke. Yeah, exactly. Uh, of course, big bra- bare brakes. I'm like you, keep it around a 13-inch rotor. Well, I mean, another big thing you got to think about now, on a 56 Ford, you got a big fender well to fill up, so you could actually run a 20-inch wheel on that car. Um, you'd probably put mini tubs in to get them in the back, but you do have a huge fender well in the front. And I don't have a problem with that. I think mini tubs are the way to go. I, want, I really like a 14-inch wide wheel in the back. Um, just a good meaty tire to give a nice stance to the car. Good look from behind. Nice lower down. I would think I would go with a Ritec suspension to give a good ride to it. Well, I mean, on well, a car like that, you would obviously be running, you know, a Mustang two-style front suspension with that Ritec. Right. Of course, nine-inch four-rear in. Exactly. I mean, you know, you could build a killer, killer car that you could drive every day like that. And that would be my plans with it. You know, I would want something conservative in the neighborhood of, like, 700 horsepower that you realistically could get in and if you want to drive it to the grocery store, not necessarily that I would, but you could definitely do that. And then at the same time. That's the station wagon guy and you're coming out. First thing you think <laughs> is drive it to the grocery store. Eight. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if you want to take it to the road course track, you could absolutely do it. If you want to go on the Hot Rod Power Tour and try to keep up with John Dietz, you definitely could do it. I want to tell you something. John Dietz is a hard man to keep up with in that challenge. You, be- you better build that Ford with all she's got. <laughs> that Challenger right there is packing some heat. But I think something like that would be kind Well, I mean, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't packing like Joe Manzella heat, but it's packing heat. <laughs> Love you, Joe. But, I, I mean, I think something like that, you know, that Ford would be totally unexpected, you know, come rolling up. It, it just a bigger full-body car, and, you know, this thing's packing the heat of a, a Coyote motor under the hood with a supercharger ready to take on the world, if you will. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it would be a great car. Like I said, it could be a street strip cruiser, I mean, that you could autocross. You know, and that, if I wanted to just stick with my Chevrolet insides, I would go with a 56 Chevrolet. Hard to beat a 56 Chevrolet, classic body style. I mean, everybody likes a Tri-5 Chevy. I don't care who you are. You all have your favorite. You got your guys that like the 55s. You know, they're, they were a little less chrome, you know, that kind of that first year. 56, to me, is the happy medium. And then 57s, bling, bling. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even a 150-57 has a ton of chrome on it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I would like to keep it with a 50, uh, 56, either in Ford, which I think I actually like better, which is weird, or the 56 Chevrolet. And I would follow the same suit. I would, you know, six-speed LS swap, big supercharger, something, you know, Magnuson, uh, like the way they sound. Um, hunkered down, nice HRE style, you know, BBK, the spoke wheels, bare brakes, you know, mini tub, 14-inch wide wheels in the rear, and just hammered down. Some big old wheels on the back of the car there. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's pretty, though. I mean, and there's nothing more. I mean, t to my opinion, those 50s, that body style, even the 56 Ford, you got those cars sitting right, they are killer, man. Oh, yeah. And like I said, the one at Carolina Motor Fest this past, the past time we had it here, early in the year in April, there was that blue one there, and it just stole my heart. It's a car that realistically. Are you cheating on the wagon? I am. Well, it's been down for about two years, so, yeah, I'm, I'm venturing out. Remind me never to get sick on you. <laughs> But, no, I mean, the 56 Ford, it just caught my heart. The way that car was setting down, the mag wheels, I mean, that thing was just gorgeous. And I haven't been able to let go of that thing. I tell you what, you can keep the 56 Ford if you can let go of the station wagon. Is that another insult on the station wagon? I think that's nine. Yeah, you got one more. I, we got we ain't got much longer, so you got to hurry up. I'm telling you. Think about it. Think about it hard. How about I challenge you to a race? I tell you what, I'd take it up right now. I'd race you on foot right now. <laughs> And that would be 10. <laughs> Got it. Done. <laughs> 10 insults on the wagon in one hour. I'm telling you what, guys. If you guys are not down here on Woodruff Road, though. You are missing out. It has been nothing but a laugh the whole time. But I want to tell you something else we got. We got gorgeous cars for days. Well, he's, Zach's out. He's out of his wheelchair. You remember we yeah, had the benefit exactly. for him last month? He's out. Look at him. And he's here in his beautiful Charger. Yeah, beautiful new Charger. He's probably got 1,000 miles on that thing now. 2,000. 2,000 He's been driving. He's been getting out of the house a little bit. And I haven't even got, got took for a ride in it yet. What's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? Come on. I mean, what's a man got to do to get a ride in an SRT Charger around here? I drive. <laughs> oh, he, he said we could drive it. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's dangerous. Hope you got good insurance. But anyway, but like I said, back to the whole rest of my thing. This is the reason those cars are so popular, though. I mean, you can actually build this car, and you can drive it and enjoy it. I mean, you can literally drive it every day. Oh, yeah. And I think it's become one of the most popular things to do with the older car is definitely a resto mod. Because, I mean, you don't have to do an LS swap. You don't have to do a Coyote swap, a new Hemi swap. It can be simple modifications to the motor. Like we said, these basically follow lines of what a hot rod is. Um, but I think that's all the time we got for this week. Uh, hope you join us next week. That's right, guys. i tell you what. Same hot rod time. Same hot rod place right here on 106.3. W-O-R-D. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.